this like I was I was chosen captain. I will become yeah. God. <laughs> yeah, and then fucking Lane looks at his profiles like you know why he was chosen as a captain? His long term management skills. That was why he oh, was chosen right. to be our leader. Yeah. A psychologist yeah, yeah. looked at him and said, Oh good, he's good at planning ahead. He can be the captain. <laughs> so it's like holy shit, we've got middle <sighs> management running humanity. <laughs> Hello, my beautiful listeners, and welcome to episode two of Reginald Book Club. Uh, now, Reginald is a good friend of mine, and he was just begging me for ages for me to start this podcast. But ironically, for the second like podcast running, he's not been able to make it today. Uh, he found out oh. what the subject was going to be, and uh, his his rampant arachnophobia kicked in. So I think he's run to Sweden or something like that. He's he he just started running and he never stopped. So thankfully, my good friend Tim. A.K.A. Hello Future Me has been ready and willing and able to stand in for Reginald, because he's a useless little clone butler. Uh, Reginald, not Tim. And yeah, so <laughs> he's, he's glad he stepped in to take his place and talk about Children of Time by Adrian Tarkos- Tarkovsky. Tarkovsky, am I saying that right? Tchaikovsky. Ty- Ty- Tchaikovsky, who yeah. despite his name is British, I believe, is he not? No, he's Polish. Polish, um, okay. Yeah, he was he's, born he's in, Polish. Did I read that wrong then? It's... Uh, Oh, he was actually, built, is he? I thought he was born in Lincolnshire. Okay, sorry. I'll, all I know is that the version of his name on the book, which is spelled the same way as the composer, he doesn't like this version. He prefers the Polish spelling of it. Right. Oh, he's British. But he... Um, all the best things are. But he prefers he, the Polish spelling of his name, which is like a C and a W. Yeah. Oh, he, he is he, of Polish descent. He is yes, of Polish that, that descent. Polish descent makes sense, because he's probably more proud of that heritage than the British heritage right now, yeah. which is with good reason. Uh, <laughs> and he expressed his desire that the Polish editions of his novels feature the Polish spelling of his name. So, for him. yeah. Okay. Uh, forgive me. Forgive me for that mistake. Well, I mean, uh, apparently you, uh, you're buddy-buddy with the guy now, so that's especially bad. Oh, yeah, like best friends. Best I've friend. talked to him. Once, you know. <laughs> uh, but this is my favourite books, which is why I'm so excited to talk about it. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So anyone who's not familiar with Tim, then get on get on YouTube right now and look for Hello Future Me. He, you do sort of writing advice. You've also done, you know, you've also done like breakdowns of writing adjacent things like movies that are based on books, stuff like that. So... Yeah, I, it's always a little bit embarrassing because I go, oh, I'm a writing and a world building fantasy sci-fi YouTuber. You know, I talk about academic, educational stuff, and then, and then I have to go, and I also talk about Avatar The Last Airbender. Yeah, like, you've got, you got to throw I, in I some passion. Exactly. If you drew a circle, it'd be like two-thirds educational stuff, and then there's like Avatar there. Like, Just, Avatar's know, got its own well. Venn diagram circle. Exactly, exactly. Nice. Like, you have to be aware of that. Uh, so if you like that show, check me out. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So yeah, but yes, I've invited him onto the podcast to fill in for Reginald, and as he mentioned, he has picked his, his new favourite book. Um, mm-hmm. So I hadn't read it before he recommended it, so I tracked it down and read it before then. And like, so I sort of, I describe it as like, it's a book that dares to ask the question, what if God were a woman? And she was just a fucking asshole, just like the worst person imaginable. Also, and this was like, I was, you know, I was sending Tim some like update messages when I started reading. It's like, oh, this is interesting. And also, spiders, spiders, yeah. Tim. So I a guess lot of like. Spiders. Arachnophobia warning? Like, we're not gonna. We're, like, arachnophobia warning, because we're not gonna show you any spiders, obviously, or, but no. we will obviously be talking about them, because they are a huge part of this book. So if you like. If you can't even bear imagining spiders, this may not be the episode for you. 
So. No, no. Uh, ironically, this book is about a love for spiders in many in many respects. Uh, and so I've I've heard from people who are arachnophobic, like they read this book and it's like to change their perspective on how they imagine uh, spiders. It's, uh, it's probably done so. more than Lucas the Spider. Do you ever see those little videos on YouTube? Oh, like, the little, the little tiny yeah, one. Yeah, the adorable little like, baby oh, spider. I like I think this. he yeah. helped cure a lot of arachnophobia. Um, exactly. And so this book, yeah. So yeah, so the let's see. The general idea is it starts in the future, but then ends even further in the future, like significantly more. Like humanity, yeah. Like advanced, and they've gone off and they've colonized the stars. And that their newest pet project is they don't just want to have colonies; they want to have like children races, they want to seed other planets with, uh, you know, apes and monkeys and stuff, and then hit them with this, uh, cre- this, this genetically engineered virus that will speed up their evolution, so they will become like the gods of this new race. And yeah. it's it's spearheaded by one particular scientist, Ivanakern. Ivanakern. I'm so good. Ivanakern. And she is the before mentioned terrible person. Like it, the book starts with her giving a speech saying like. Uh, on this day when we're I, about to fire off these here. monkeys. I've got it here, I've got it here. Yeah. Her quote is, This is the future. This is where mankind takes its next great step. This is where we become gods. And she has the audacity to call this new planet Kern's World. <laughs> and then, yeah, and there's like, in her internal knowledge, she's like, well, I'm thanking these people, but the only person she really wanted to thank was herself. That's right, that's right, yeah. Oh, she's like, she's all looking around and going, all of you sorry people, none of you would be here if it weren't for me, yeah. you know? So, yes, just imagine the most arrogant, like, god complex piece of shit you can imagine. And then, like, uh, so, like, this, the, this, this beautiful empire of humanity that's been out amongst the stars chooses that exact moment to just completely collapse in on itself. Like, civil war starts. I think partly yep. because of this project, some people are just saying, like, no, humans only. They, these xenophobic... I, uh, yeah, it's, just... I, I remember it being like that they, they it was anti-technologists or anti, mm. like people started to be like, no, we shouldn't be doing this sort of thing. Um, yeah. We shouldn't be creating other stuff. And so they start going to war over it. Yeah. yeah. So like it spreads to this, this space station where they're launching this project. They're about to fire off a canister full of apes onto this planet along with this <laughs> nano and then to fire off another canister of this nanovirus and then just like leave for a couple of thousand years and come back because they you know interstellar travel is possible but it takes a long while so you have to go into like stasis and wait out you know your mm. cryo sleep so you know, a lot of like hundreds maybe thousands of years pass i think it's only like decades for the the original humans because they've got like high technology uh but they were going to leave this one poor bloke behind in this satellite so he'd be going in and out of sleep while there was like a an ai version of him keeping an eye on them and they'd pop back in and check up on it so but, like, the spaceship basically explodes as a terrorist attack on the spaceship, and uh, Dr. Kern ends up jumping into this pod herself. And spending... I don't... Do they even confirm how much time she spends? Because, like, humanity nah. collapses. It's down to just Earth. Everyone is dead. Society's, like, 99% wiped out. Then it rises again. And then it fucking collapses again. All in the time that this doctor's been orbiting this planet. So it could be hundreds of thousands of years before we know. My impression was that it was probably like tens of thousands of years, hundreds of thousands of years. Like, yeah, I don't it's like, like I mean, yeah. There's no like yeah, you couldn't really put a time on it because like her computer's just overloaded with how many how many time, you know, thousands of years passed, but like so humanity like you you learn about this post mortem, but like humanity rises again partly by recreating their old technology and partly by sort of rebuilding not as good versions. And then, but then the whole, they kind of fuck up the whole planet all over again. 
yeah, it's it's environmental collapse. I think at the end there yeah. that they so, they end up destroying yeah. themselves with. So they are they sent out some like colony ships just before Earth dies, and so uh, the story as it's as as it progresses is partly told from the slowly evolving spider's perspective, whereas they have. A cat, like every like couple of hundred years or couple of thousand years, they'll pop into another spider. All of them called Portia, because um, they have like a genetic memory. So in a way, it's the same spider, but it's also not. It's her descendants, but because they pass on their memory to each other, it's like a part of them continues on. So it is both the same spider and a new spider, and it's really fascinating because like I, yeah. I have a real soft spot for c- people who are like. These aren't Star Trek aliens. These aren't people with, like, extra bits stuck on the nose. These are different species. Like, they think differently. They live differently. They evolve differently. Their technology is different. And, like, Tarkovsky really fucking nailed that, I thought. Oh, absolutely. I mean, he took he took what is fundamentally like, one of the most alien creatures um, on the planet. Like, I asked him, you know, partly why spiders. And he said, well, it's because evolutionarily spiders and humanity went parted ways so, so long ago and uh, have just such fundamentally different perspectives that even if they're not technically alien, they are as alien as we can get within the realm of knowledge that we we currently have, pretty much. So, yeah, so they communicate. It's like half pheromone, half visual heart. It's like tapping vibrations. There's no audio component to it, uh, aside from the, you know... So it, it's just interesting how he really thought about how that would affect someone's mindset. and affect, So they don't, they think just human enough that you can follow it along in the story, but it's different enough that you're like, oh shit, yeah, that's such, such mm. a different way of thinking. That's really fascinating. But this is juxtaposed with a, a storyline about this, one of these last colony ships, the Gilgamesh, making a slow mm. trip out. So they, they pop up at this world, they end up having to move on to the next one, come back. And they are popping in and out of cryosleep and stasis over and over again. So it, that is literally the same characters. So whereas the spiders, you're seeing it generationally. The humans, it is the same humans, but there's like thousands or hundreds of years gaps in between each part of the story as they figure this shit out. And like, yeah. in sort of like typical human fashion, the humans tend to be their own worst enemies. I mean, obviously... I, I, I like to frame the book as being um, pa- two parallel stories. One is about the rise of a spider civilization that is enlightened and curious and creative, and yeah. one is about the fall of human civilization into brutality and and, and they do. Div- I'm glad they pull it back to what. Sorry, I mean, there will be spoilers in this because we can't really avoid them, but we'll try and keep it vague-ish. But like, yeah, I'm glad. I'm glad they don't go completely freaking caveman on that spaceship. But you do see people like. It does at least get fairly feudal at one point because people are having to pick sides. Because like the captain, yeah. the captain goes a bit mad with power and sort of becomes more of a dictator. Oh. And then there's a rebellion on the, the engineer has to lead a rebellion and stuff. And like one of the one of the most curious details that I really loved was that over the generations of um, living through the ship, you had engineers who were meant to take care of the ship. Um, lose knowledge of what engineering actually is and they tended to pass on how to fix the ship but Mm -hmm. not the knowledge of why they're fixing the ship or how they're fixing the ship like how that actually works you know it's like how a chef might know you know a chef might know how to make a particular type of food but they don't know why the science behind it necessarily and so you see these these engineers become like kind of Almost like a cult, like a religion. Yeah, it's like the sh- it's shamaning, but for engineering. Like they are, they yeah. sort of they know what they're doing is helped is helping, but they don't necessarily know why. Which is yeah, yeah. 
Exactly. Like, they know that if they tighten this bolt, then it'll do something at the other end of the ship, but they don't know what the connection is. Which I yeah. think is, I just, I love that, I love that, that concept. Yeah, it's weird. So yeah, it's, it's one of those unusual ones where there's like a, an A-plot and a, well, I guess it's two A-plots, but they're both equally interesting for completely different reasons. Like, because you're yeah. looking at the power struggle and just the struggle for survival on the human side, whereas you're looking at the evolution of an entire planet and species on the other side, and they're both facing these incredible things to overcome. Because like, spiders aren't the only people to get this evolution virus, because like, ants also evolve to... Not like the way the uh, the spiders describe it is, it's not quite sapient, but it's like it might as well be because they are so good at adapting to their environments, like a master program, that they appear almost sapient because they can adapt and make decisions based on this hive, men- like reacting to every problem so fast. They almost come off as sapient. Is that? I think yeah. They 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 talk about how like the ants are in- infected in a similar way, um, and. Even though any individual ant is no um, is no threat, not intelligent at all, the collective of them is probably more intelligent as a as a mechanism to do yeah. things than a lot of the spiders are. It's very interesting. Like I, my my father's actually a big fan of this book as well, and he said like he pointed out to me we only like this is an assumption from the spiders that I desperately hope is true. Because if it's not, and if they are, even if it is on a hive basis, are sapient, then the fi- that's kind of what the spiders end up doing is kind of fucked up. Because like, after the oh sp- yeah, I had never thought of that. My yeah. goodness. Because w- what do they do? Tell well, us, dog. Yeah, well, tell well, after the, the spiders. After the spiders, uh, sorry, after the ants almost wipe out the spiders, they find a way to control them using pheromones, and slowly over time, ants become the basis of their technology because they work like electrical signals. They, or you know, they first of all they're their workers. They're this programmable army of people who can dig, they can chop down trees, they can basically work as programmable machinery. So you've got you've jumped, you've leapfrogged from like the feudal age technology all the way up to fucking nanobots, basically. In a biological yeah. standpoint, because you have these programmable, independent computers that can do your bidding. And he w- eventually gets to the point where they can actually genuinely make up computers, because instead of having computer chips, you have ants, who will then interact mm-hmm. in- with each other in the same way as a computer will. Instead of sending electrical signals between chips, you will send pheromone signals between ants. And it's like, so basically they have... It starts off basically with enslavement and comes and turns into like, it is just they are the building blocks of their technology. So... I hope the ants are not truly sapient on some level. I, I, yeah, no, that had never occurred to me. All right, there's this um, there's this fantastic. I don't know if you imagined it this way, but when they're describing the spider cities, I mm. imagine it as kind of like you've got this spider city with buildings and houses and so on in the top of the trees and between the trees and stuff like that and then under the ground and on the bottom there's just this mass of ants that are constantly working in the electronics yeah. like i don't know if that came across to you i but think that's so how yeah I no I, I mean when i was yeah when i was visualizing it there were usually at least lines of ants going in the background um yeah it's difficult like one thing i did struggle a little bit with was a sense of perspective size perspective because you don't the humans and the spiders don't actually interact that often and so it wasn't till the i real like cause i was imagining spiders as basically human size and then it wasn't till like they're much bigger than spiders as we would imagine but they're still only like maybe a foot they're, wide they're like they're like this big yeah like, so yeah, they're, they're like, like they, they call the humans giants when they meet them so it's like okay so they're, they're big by spider size but not big by human size so and i remember s- the yeah there's this what do you oh the chapter so there is one there's one critical point in the story where the where the humans 
come to Kern's world and they do interact with the spiders. Yeah, it's very briefly. It's one it, shot of crap. Yeah, it's very briefly. Yeah. And it goes wrong. But I remember one of the really incredible things that Adrian Tchaikovsky does is the way he describes humans from the spider's perspective yeah. and the spiders from the human's perspective. Because, you know, you've spent so much time getting to know these characters, you know that, like, this this Porsche is just looking up at this creature going, oh my gosh, it's massive. Yeah. It's weird. I'm so curious. I wish I could figure it out. I want to know what these things are. Because, like, yeah. these spiders are so curious. All they want to do is know. Yeah, and they've been designed to from be the, curious. Yeah. yeah, and then you read it from the human's perspective and he's like going i was surrounded by these horrific monstrous creatures you yeah. know like who ah oh. yeah i mean spiders in particular i mean i think any alien creature that's sufficiently diff different to us would elicit that sort of horror reaction but spiders in particular if you suddenly find yourself just being watched intently by trees full of spiders i think that's brown trousers time no matter who you are you know yeah, oh, honestly, like, if I, if we go to other planets and, like, and then the, the aliens, they had eight arms, and we're like, oh, no, like, yeah. I can't you know. fuck that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I don't know. If they're tentacles, like, okay. that's, oh, okay. that's, yeah, no. that's I'm, fair I'm, play I'm, for a lot of people. I think I'm, yes, I'm doing fucking humanity a disservice there by saying, look at any random <laughs> thing, and saying definitively we won't fuck that is probably not true, but yeah. Yeah. But, yeah, I don't think, I, I'm so, like, I don't, I'm weirdly proud of the spiders because of like if you think about who their mother was, they turned out pretty good. Because like all this time, Kern, Doctor Kern, is in this thing. She suffers a fate worse than death. Like she's in torture because like she goes into cryo sleep. She uploads like a copy of her mind into an AI in this little pod, in this satellite going around. But like a section of her mind stays awake. She wasn't supposed to, but she does for tens of thousand, maybe hundred thousand years, and she's just mad by the time these other humans show up and so and but she's also like she's she's staying in contact with the spiders because she's constantly projecting down this message to them it's like basic mathematical questions it's, a, it's an evolution test so when the spiders yeah. figure out a how to solve the mathematical questions and b how to return the signal that's when she knows they're ready to talk to her but like when the humans turn up and they try and talk to her there's like multiple versions of her there's the one the human side that's come out of cryosleep who's just gloopy there's the part of her that's been like awake this whole time and then there's the part of her that's the ai copy and they've all sort of blurred together and each one isn't quite sure which one they are but the, when yeah, the humans are getting like these messages fractured. yeah the humans are getting these messages from her and they're talking to the two fairly sane versions of her mind and they're just saying one's just saying bugger off fuck off the other one's saying i'm sorry i can't help you you can't come near this world it's my world go away please and then you've got the the mad tortured one it's just this underlying text it's like it's cold it's cold why can't i move like i was having fucking chills she's yeah. just screaming she's begging for help it's just like where where am i why can't i move you took my mind you took my soul and it it's is so it's fate just worse than death yeah so like just imagine just being alone in the dark with someone else making decisions about your body and your mind for like untold eons so like, it couldn't have happened to a nastier bitch, don't get me wrong, but it's still, like, fucked up. But, like, the second she does make contact with the spiders, the first thing she says is, Hi, I'm your god. Listen to me Yes, now. I know. She said, finally, I get to, to... I will descend and I will become... I will get you know, to rule these apes. And, but she's... she Because of her sort of fractured mind, she's refusing to accept that there's spiders down there for quite a while. She's, like, keeps calling them monkeys because she's erased from her memory the fact that yeah. the monkeys... Because the monkeys didn't make it. The monkeys bounced off and burned up in the atmosphere, tragically. Uh, but So the virus would only hit the, the creatures that had already been seeded there. So yeah. I was just like... I felt really bad. I was like, oh, man. And, like immediately after 
she makes contact with them. The, the, the spiders descend into theocracy and fascism. <laughs> like, for a few generations, it's like, gosh damn it, Kearns! <laughs> oh, I remember, yeah. I, I, I mean, look, I, I don't remember that part of the book specifically very well. That's the but, one where, uh, like, Portia's the, the... That version of Portia was kind of the bad guy, because she was the high priestess who was, like... Oh, having... yeah, no, she becomes... Because like, there's... Um, I mean, for the record, there's, there's, like, three characters that are recurring. There's Portia, there's Fabian, Bianca, and, yeah. and then there's Fabian. Uh, Fabian is the only male spider, the token really. Male, yeah. um, well, we'll, we'll talk the, about the the civil rights movement at some point because that was very interesting. Yeah, uh, yeah, yes. yeah, no, no, definitely. But yeah, that was one of the times where Bianca was more. I think actually was the, I think it was either uh, Bianca or Fabian who was the POV character. It was one of the times that Portia wasn't because usually Portia's the main character um, from the spider side of things. Which is another interesting point. I wanted to see if you felt the same way. I've noticed that the way that uh, a Tarkovsky writes this is. He doesn't necessarily write from the perspective of the most interesting character, or the, what I would consider the main character. He's always writing it from the perspective of a side character, because from the human side of things, it's from a guy called Holston, who is a classicist, which is like a historian who studied the human yeah. empire that came before theirs. And he's never really in charge of any given situation. He's either being kidnapped by one side, fraction of the humans or another. He's just a bystander. Like, the real main character was, like, the chief engineer, Lane, because she was the one who had to rise up against the fascist captain, and she was the one who, like, started leapfrogging and starting this, like, tribe within the spaceship. So, really, the human side of things was her story, but it was told from perspective of some guy who was always just kind of on the sidelines. And it was the same sort so, of thing I found with the spiders. It, like, Portia was always a front, a soldier, not the general. She was always the assistant, not the scientist. It's, it's interesting that you bring this up. I actually hadn't really noticed that, but um, it is actually something that kind of recurs in Adrian Tchaikovsky's work. He tends to write from the perspective of observers from the outside who can comment on things. So he had a, um, he had a book called Elder Race, which is also about an historian trying to interact with a... Who, who wants to not be involved, but mm. this, um, this, this, this lower civilization keeps on thinking he's like a religious figure. Uh, yeah, I mean, like, there's, there's a little bit of that. I think, I think more importantly, the reason that he had to write from the perspective of the classicist was that the classicist spends the most time in, um, in cryo. And like only comes yeah. out pretty briefly and like gives kind of updates like his yes. his job is to chronicle the fall and if it is a story about the rise of civilization um and the fall of civilization then that perspective is pretty pretty unique like lane probably wouldn't be able to capture that as well potentially sure. true yeah. i mean it's just he was a good pov character he just wasn't the hero of the story which is no no i interesting, agree interesting you know, he's not the it. one facing down with guyan Exactly, um, yeah. Union being the commander of the ship who goes a bit crazy, but yeah, so, because, like, yeah. they, they turn up at Kern's world, Kern won't let them come close, she's got, like, a massive laser, uh, she gives yeah, them... Yeah, she has <laughs> insane, insane, deranged, fractured consciousness woman given yep. a death laser. Yeah, so they're just like, fuck, that's such a nice planet, though, ah! So, like... Yeah, Gu the first big problem is Guyan's just like, okay, well, we're gonna leave, we're gonna leave like a colony on this shitty ice world that's out, this moon on the outside of the planet, and then the first people he wakes up to go there, they're just like, fuck no, you're not gonna go to that fucking death world. So there's like a there's a mini yeah. revolt, and uh, you know Guyan eventually wins, and they go to this other world, and it was like halfway through being terraformed, and it's gone out of fucking control. There's like a single organism humping the planet. It's fucked up. But they do find exactly. yeah. a satellite that they can, like, harvest for technology. And Guyan finds this, like, fucking sarcophagus that can maybe upload his mind into the ship. 
and become immortal. So he goes obsessed with that. Uh, but, like, it's interesting because, like, Holston starts the story as the oldest man of the crew and ends it as the youngest because he's the, you know, like you said, he's the one who's out of crow the least. Uh, yeah. So, like, they have to basically stop Guyan from doing that because it's going to fuck up the ship. Uh, so there's, like, a yeah, mini civil war there. And, like, I do, I love that Holston, when, the last time he comes out and he thinks he's being kidnapped again, he's just like, guys, can, look, can we all just get along for five minutes? And I'm having a mental breakdown with him. It's like, yeah, god yeah, damn it, humanity, can you just fucking stop killing yourself for five minutes? Because because he is quite, um, he's quite, like, stepped back from all of these conflicts. Like, he often refuses yeah. to take part. As a result of that, he sort of becomes this kingmaker figure. You know, a little bit uh, like n- never directly, but like, yeah, yeah. It, it's um, I mean, like, I wouldn't call Guyan like pure evil. I think Guyan was like, Guyan was struggling to take control of a situation that had no real good choices. Yes, uh, no, for sure. Like he he had to do a lot because like he was basically handed the task of keeping the last of humanity alive with no backup or resources or anything. Yeah. so and, definitely and a he, hard situation. He, and he, I mean, it says that he was a good captain at the start, I think, and stuff like that. Yeah, which yeah. is once he once he started getting old, he became convinced he was the only person who could save humanity. So it's like, well, I have to be immortal. Oh, otherwise, yeah, this this, this like if I was ch- I was chosen captain. I will become yeah. God. <laughs> yeah, and then fucking L- Lane looks at his profiles. Like, you know why he was chosen as a captain? His long term management skills. That was why he oh, was chosen right. to be our leader. Yeah. A psychologist yeah, yeah. looked at him and said, "Oh, good, he's good at planning ahead. He can be the captain." <laughs> so it's like, holy shit, we've got middle <sighs> management running humanity. Oh, that's like that's like worse. Can you imagine like middle management running a running humanity? And it oh, doesn't that's... end well, as we discovered. So, yeah, he doesn't Oof. delegate well. No. Uh, I mean, I think, I think we're, we're, I mean, we're focused a lot on the child, on the um, human side of the story. You're right, you know, we should talk but, more about the spiders, because they but are. But I think, I think the spiders are the thrust of the story. Sure, definitely. For me, no, it, for sure. Yeah. Um, like, and they, they definitely take up, I think they take up the majority of the story, right? Like. I, I wasn't keeping track. I was, by the end, it was definitely 50-50, but the, the beginning bit, I think, was definitely heavy on the spiders. I'd have to check to see what the, what the actual portion was. Um. There was definitely some shorter human bits because it was they were spending more and more time in stasis. Um, but yeah, yeah. But yes, no. Because fortunately, oh, another really funny thing, right? I just I laughed myself silly at this part when when the spiders eventually work their way through their theocracy and they say, okay, well, they still call her god, but they are aware that she's just another species in a satellite orbiting yes. the planet, and they sort of like. They outgrow her to the point where they're like they're still kind of referring to her as God out of habit, but they're also talking about her like a needy child. I was just like, yes, oh yeah, so it's this. They they like they 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 they, they kind of go oh like I remember that there's a very distinct moment where um, one of the characters looks up in the sky and goes, that thing we've been sending messages to, it's just like. It's just like a box. Yeah, like, it's a me- it's yeah, just- they look for a telescope. It's like, whoa, that thing is ugly. It's like it's just a fucking metal yeah. box. And so, like, it's- yeah, when God says like she's before Kearns has really like fully accepted what the spiders are that they're not apes, and so they can actually communicate because she keeps insisting on trying to communicate with them like verbally. 
And she's also yeah. keeps sending them. She keeps sending them designs for technology that only work for apes and only work for people who don't uh, who, like have machine technology because like spiders never really cracked metal technology because oh, they don't. No, the, and also the hands, like the, she just gives them yeah. things designed for hands, and of course spiders don't have them. Yeah. So the spiders almost getting exasperated with it. It's like so. It's like oh yeah. So we, we have like a selected intern whose only job is to keep God calm and to say like say <laughs> yes God yes okay we'll we'll work on that. And it's like, Come oh my god, they're, yeah, yeah. they're patronizing their god. I love this. They've outgrown their de- deity. And then, like, they straight, by the end of the book, they are straight out, like, saying, like, because Kern's like, no, you, like, because the humanity's coming back, and it's, like, getting so stressful, because, like, the humanity are like, this is the last living world we can find. We are going to have yeah. to eat, we're going to have to wipe out these spiders and take this world, because we cannot let humanity. Go, we cannot let humanity go extinct. And Kearns is whispering the spider's ear and saying, just like, oh, humanity are the worst. You can't trust them. You're my children now. Like, humanity's overrated. Fuck it. You should wipe. You need to wipe them out. And, and like, super spoilers for the end of the book, but the spiders are just like, you know what, God, no. We're not going to do that. No, we're not going to wipe them out. I actually, I do remember quite liking that moment, though, where she does recognize them as not apes. Yes, and she does get like, slightly more likable then. That's like the one moment yeah. I was like, thank God. And she not you, Kurt, when she goes, girl. She, goes yeah. you, she goes, you know, I do realise that I have been wrong this whole time. You are not what I thought you were, but you are still my children. Yeah. And, uh, and like, I mean, I, I won't give any spoilers for the second book, but Avrana Kern does have an arc, let's Ugh. say. Um, Kurt, she's back in it, dang it. Yeah, no, she's, she's in it. She's not as much in it as you might think, but okay. she is in it. But, uh, um, but, but like, can I, okay. Can I t- Oh yeah, please. Oh, I'll just she she sort of becomes like a ship AI basically. Because mm. um, she was downloaded yeah. into an ant computer, which I thought was amazing. Uh, oh, it's like putting it's like putting um, Glados in a potato. Yes, <laughs> it was that. Yeah, she does have a bit of Glados vibe, really, doesn't? Well, at least one of her personalities. Oh, honestly, does. yeah, I the one that's really polite. She's got she's, Glados vibes to her. Yeah. So, oh, oh man, okay, so there's a thing I wanted to mention from early on, and like I think it was like maybe like the second or third Porsche. Um, so spiders sort of, because they have genetic memory, they, part of what the virus does is allow them to pass on actual memories to their genetic children. So an early method of communication that they work out, like if you travel a long way from one spider colony to another, you travel a couple of hundred or thousand miles and you meet another colony, you want to pass on your knowledge and information. You want to trade for, it's like, oh, well, we've invented this way of weaving baskets. We've invented this way of weaving hammocks or whatever. The easiest way to do it is to bring a man with you. And have him give you, like, a selection of jizz. Spider jizz oh, in a little baggie. Yes. And I wrote this so there's I've got a note here saying jizz-based memory, jar, like, cards. <gasps> Why did you say that? That is the worst Jizz drives, thing. man. It's, no, so then a, later a spider will use this to fertilize her eggs, and then the next generation will have all the knowledge of this other colony. But it's basically, yes, it's, it's jizz-based information passing. Oh, oh that's <laughs> terrific. I've got to say, I actually didn't... Realize that was how it worked. I must have. Must well, it did early on. Mind. They eventually found it like communication got easier once they did like because they invented like the telegram because they could then trans you know transfer their vibration yeah and communication via like stretched out thing. They also invented radio fairly early on. Um, but yeah, so but See, like, I, 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 I completely misinterpreted that line. Uh, I think you're right. When I read it, my interpretation of that, and this is probably just totally incorrect, is that they would create little balls of web and then it would be in like a particular like pattern that would reflect the information. Oh, well, I, I, 
I read it. Like so I probably read it more recently than you. I know you've probably read it more than yeah. Me, but I, like, I've read it. I've read it a couple of years ago now. So okay, you're probably yeah. So like right. they, they did specifically say like the mail she brought along deposit semen. And then into the, <laughs> the the ball was there, and it was a baggy, but it was just like d- 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 spider jizz. Oh, stop calling it a baggy! Please stop calling it a baggy. That is horrific. A baggy is fine. It's a little zip no, no, bag no, full no, of spider no, jizz. No, no, Here's no, my no, knowledge. No. You're welcome. Oh, oh, oh. <laughs> you're, you're never allowed to use that term again. I hereby ban it. <laughs> like just baggy and any like I think that I, word for the rest of your I, life is ruined. I, you need to you need to go to Adrian and just be like, so tell me, how did you come up with the cum baggies? <laughs> yeah, it only features that once, like I said, because after that they they find more efficient ways of taking. Yeah. But like early on, yeah, jizz flash drives. Um, so that's yeah, right. You're welcome. And then for that. at a later point in the story, Fabian. Uh, so Fabian is one of the only male spiders. Yes, that is. is Kind of, he kind of rises through the ranks. Yes, because yes, because spiders. Be yes, in spite, like in even spiders, yeah. we have the females are significantly larger than the males, and in yeah. fact, in many species, species the black widow, for example, they are often a tasty snack after procreating. Cause they're they're in evolutionary standards, their job has been done once they've passed on their, but they're baggy. Um, so, <laughs> so spiders for the first half of the book are uh, male spiders are considered like very much a subservient not even barely not even like full humans they're like they're a, not even they're not even fully sentient they're just yeah. like well they are but they, they are fully like, sentient they're just not considered it so that was what Fabian yeah, they're not proved considered it. Yeah. so yes they are second class citizens at best if you killing one is like killing someone's not even their pet property. it's like killing someone's property so like not even yeah. a pet it's like smashing someone's car it's like a fine if you kill yeah. a male if it's it, at that it's considered just rude to kill someone's male so halfway through the book you get a civil like a, a civil rights movement from the males headed by this really smart male he was like you know he's the rosa parks of males and his thing is like i've invented this new radical breakthrough of technology and the only way i can pass it on to people is through my baggies um and he and refuses i'm not going to give it to you yeah unless he, yeah he holds his trump card in his sperm yeah, and he says, "I'm not going to give it to you unless you give kind of males more rights." And um, Bianca and Port- Portia, they look at Fabian and they go, "They go, wait, are you? Why are you saying this? You get given all the protection, all the privileges yeah. you could possibly want, and you want more." Yeah, and so they're saying like it very much from a deeply ingrained. Thing. Yeah, yeah. Very, they see it as kind of like, well, you're entitled to things, not the rest of them, you know? Exactly, yeah. Like you're- so I, I take care of you. Like, you get all you need through me, through the females. And it's that sort of mindset, this is how it's always been. And that in itself yeah. is their logic for why it should always be this way. So it's it's a very, you know, it's, you know, it's but- sex is, you know, human sexism flipped on its head. For the record, I would not. I would not read this as a an allegory for civil rights no. movements in the real no, because world. it's it is a yeah, it is a civil rights movement that happened in this cultural context. I I yeah. think in an alien cultural context. Um, but it, I mean, yeah. it not. But, I wouldn't. I wouldn't say it was intentionally allegorious either. But it is interesting seeing it. Like I, you know, I've always tried to be the best feminist I can be. But like, see, it, it adds a level of like extra frustration seeing your own gender being treated like they're not human. Like. Not, like third class citizens so it give, does give you a spectrum it's like wow yeah that that would actually quite really suck <laughs> yeah 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 no 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 it's um i mean obviously it's it there are d- definitely um ideological things in common with it um 100 yeah. you know traditions but and how they kind of to be fair we don't get eaten see. we don't eat women no in human society we do not eat women we do not eat women 
as far as I'm aware. Um, but uh, yeah, that's like a pretty pivotal part of the story. And I actually, I don't actually remember off the top of my head what Fabian's creation was. Oh, um, he had, he could program ants on the fly. Like the thing about ants is they were really useful technology, but once you'd program them, you couldn't reprogram. They were diggers forever. He had a way oh. of giving out a pheromone. And not just that, he could do it, for, like he could just literally give off the pheromone himself that would instantly reprogram a, an ant. So not only that gave him not only the power to take over other people's ants, it meant that the ants were now p so much more versatile. So yes, that's right, that's right. Uh, and he, oh, he, no, he basically threatened to take over the ants and then started, oh, that's right, he said, if you don't give me what I want, I will kill all of you, pretty much, like, ah, uh, like, it was subtext, but he was gonna do it. <laughs> yeah, so, yeah, he was, he was, oh. like, yeah, to be, like, he was be, playing it fairly coy, but, like, that was one of the occasions where the Portia was the bad guy, because she was, like, the very much status quo spider, whereas Bianca was... Because of the, because she'd been like in, like thrown in jail by the theocracy, she was more willing to help Fabian, but she still didn't consider him a person. That's right. Yeah. And then Fabian basically had to go over to their political rival, like to a whole different city that was about to be subsumed by the theocracy, uh, and join their side and say, like, "Hey, I can actually save you from being destroyed by rewriting all these ants if you give me yeah. rights." And it so it basically took annihilation or rights for men for them to accept it. But then, yeah. and I was so gutted by the end of that chapter because it was like Smoochie died on the way back to his home planet. So it was like Fabian has this entire thing where he turns the world around and he makes things better and like he really does like save the world from religious theocracy and it saves, you know, gives rights for male spiders. And then the last chapter is like, oh yeah, and four years later he was assassinated. Yeah, that's right. I, 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 I remember. I was like, damn uh, it, man. For like Fabian. But then we get another. We, uh, do we get another Fabian? We after do. That? We do. And. By that point, males are considered equal rights. But that Fabian yeah. dies too. Because he saved- I mean, they all die. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, but he dies in the, in the thing. Like, he, he yeah, also yeah, gets yeah. eaten by a female, but he does it intentionally. Because they were- that was the blimp thing. They sent up a blimp that actually made oh, it up into the upper right. atmosphere. His, yes, yeah. he was actually Portia's lover and equal. Portia sent off- because, like, they didn't- their technology was so different than ours, they could only get to space by taking up a blimp and then physically throwing a probe up to the satellite. I remember, I, uh, there's this really incredible moment, alright, so the aliens are coming back, they're like, we've got all the weapons, we've got so much more, we're just gonna absolutely blitz the spider's hands down, easy. Mm. And you're coming back and you're like, I don't really know what they can do? And then, and then, the humans are in space and they're like, floating around, I think they're in the, in the death laser place, uh, or something like that. Wait, no. What? Well, the humans never leave they the Gilgamesh. On... The Gilgamesh has no, lasers, okay. but... Right, yeah, okay, they're on the Gilgamesh, and they're like, man, ha, can you imagine if something, like, if so, how, what could possibly go wrong? And then a spider floats Just... across yes. one of the windows, and like, we like, invented space travel, like, motherfucker! Yeah, we yeah, it's, 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 and it's just like, <laughs> oh, oh the, my goodness. But again, they still, they don't have spaceships, and they don't have rockets, because they never got, like, uh... They never get metal work down because they can't mine it and they can't furnace it because all their technology is no. biological and wood-based. So what they've done is they've built space elevators with webs and they have they have basically like a ring world ring around the planet made of fucking webs. So they literally oh, climb yeah, to like, space. It's incredible. It's incredible. I, I love the different ways that they reach the same technology. Yeah. And they do it with biotechnology, fundamentally. 
it's it's just incredible. Like the world building in a very real real sense. Like you see how they develop agriculture. You see how they go through wars. You know, world yep. wars. You see how they go through near genocides. You see how they go through you know building the space race. Yeah. Like and it's yeah. So it's cities. like same destinations, totally different route because their technology totally seems completely route. valid. They're actually way more advanced than us in certain ways. Yeah. And okay, so coming up to like the ending and stuff. So like. I, I was so stressed. Like, I actually, there was a big break between me reading up until, like, the last three chapters and me reading the last chapter because I was too stressed to finish it. Like, I actually finished the book yesterday because I was like, oh, shit, oh, really? we need to... Yeah, because we were going to do this last week and then you, we, you had to reschedule. And I was like, oh, good, that means I don't have to read this final stressful cat chapter because I was sure one side or the other had to be wiped out. And I was really fucking rooting for both sides at this point because the humans had been through so much. They had dragged themselves. So many people had sacrificed their entire lives, not just by killing themselves, but by spending their entire lives pasting over the cracks on this falling apart colony ship. Generations yeah, of people. Yeah. So there's these colonists who have slept through thousands of years, and there's generations of humans who have just been desperately trying to keep this ship from falling apart and, like, throwing things overboard, basically. And, like... And they've sacrificed so much, and the spiders have come so far, and they've and had it's so like much. The spiders, they've... like it's their home, you know. It's, it's their it's home, and they've, they've, they've built. And we've seen how they've built it. Yeah, and you, you, you've come to love them, and it's like God. And I don't see a way out of this situation. With Kearns, they're saying the spiders, you have to destroy them, and the humans saying like, we have no choice, we have to destroy these spiders because we can't coexist. And the spiders were just like. Actually, motherfucker, we don't. I don't believe in no-win situations, Kobayashi Maru. Kobayashi Maru, and yeah, the way that they solve it is probably the best solution, but it's also the most fucked up thing imaginable, because they basically, you, they've isolated the virus in themselves, and they found the part of the virus that says, let's get along, we're all family here. And they, they yes. board the spaceship, and they basically over, the, the humans are killing them life by the center, they're shooting them, they're blasting them out of airlocks, they're fucking using lasers, they're using nerve disruptors, and these, these spiders just keep on coming, and you think they're paralyzing them with these spikes or these little darts that they're firing at them, they're not, they're injecting them with this thing, uh, which is like, it, and this virus then takes over the humans' bodies, and all it changes is like, they, they see the spiders as family, and they see each other as fa family, and that's an improvement. Yeah. But it's still brainwashing. It's still like their solution I, was like, I, why don't we just quietly rewrite the humans just a little bit to make them better than better than they were before? I don't. I mean, I don't. I don't I'm not sure I agree with that because, mm. like, it, it's it it it. What is it changing? It's changing that the humans see spiders as family. Well, like, oh, what's the alternative? It, that they murder them? Like, well, no. I mean, yeah. I wish they could have come to that conclusion, but like. One thing that really stressed me out is that Kern was not wrong. Humans are kind of shit. And, like, mm. I was thinking, like, if the spiders do find a diplomatic solution and do let humans form a colony on their planet, eventually humans are going to be like, well, we also want this bit of space. Because that's our history. We've always decided I mean, to colonize and shit. So, Avrana Kern's kind of this, this complicated character because she's simultaneously incredibly arrogant and horrible. Mm. But um, at the same time, like, it comes from this, like... Humanity has screwed up everything. We need to do better, Means, right? Yeah. Like, we need to create a better world in, in, like, a weird way, but she just doesn't really know how to do that herself. Yeah. And, and they you do, know? and, like, I honestly think humans could really benefit from a little thing inside us that just says, let's treat each other better, let's love each other. But the fact that, at the end of the day, it still comes down to they are chemically changing your brain without your consent to feel differently about something. And... 
I'm just imagine that in another circumstance. Imagine like you meet your mortal, or imagine you had a uh, a dart gun that can make someone like you. So you go up to someone who's been your biggest hater and they've always hated you, and you now they like you. Do you ethically feel you could use that gun? I don't think that's no. That's not the comparison you need to make. Okay. The comparison you need to make is if you could get rid of a if you could create a virus that would stop people seeing skin color or being ra- yeah stop a, yeah no it's an anti-racism as, thing as which a, is as yeah. a as a valid way to measure someone's value compared it's, to, to, it's, to the yeah it's a but it's a it's a slippery slope because that's improving people against their will and that's that's basically eugenics it doesn't require killing anyone. No, well, okay, no, it's not exactly birth. like that. But I'm just saying, like, if, if if we gave someone the power to change other people against their will, even if they use it for uh, a good reason, I have yeah, an ethical no. issue with that. I, but, I do, I do, uh, I do understand it in a, in a in a bodily autonomy type sense. It's a bodily autonomy. It's also like just like the ethics of free will. They did take away the humans' yeah. free will to feel how they feel about the spiders and about each other, and that's. And again, but that's that's what really fucked me up about this because I was fucking cheering this ending. I had an ethical problem with it, but I also thought it was the best solution. It was the happy ending I was yearning for because you know we were talking about this just before the podcast. Whereas most of this book is so depressing and bleak because you have humanity is dying and it has died. There's like a couple of thousand, hundred thousand people left in all of humanity. The spiders are going through all this shit. Kearns is going through this unbelievable torture, but they do scratch out a happy ending because by the end, the spiders and the humans I, are coexisting. I, I agree. I was, I was saying before the podcast that um, it's very weird, but for how bleak and destructive so much of the stuff in the book is, it can weirdly be framed as optimistic sci-fi because it is about reimagining a better world at the end of the story, you know, yeah. in a very fundamental way. And, I mean, the, the, the empathy virus, which is virtually what it is, yep. you know, I, I, think, I think, like, even if there are moral problems with it, I don't think that at all, like, changes that it's a, it's a great ending in, in, in the sense yep. that... Well, it's, it's a merciful yeah. thing. It's like, it was basically the spiders finding a way to show mercy, because they, they could have wiped out the humans. It would have cost them a they lot, could've. but they could have. But and yeah. like, like I said, they had their literal former god telling them to do so, begging them, demanding, threatening, and they still stood their ground. And said, "We're going to find a solution that doesn't involve genocide." And yeah, I, like I said, the, I, that's great. Like a, I said, I just um, there's a passage which says that like a spider never looked at a problem like a human would as something to be um, a knot. You don't look at a knot as something to be broken. It was the you prisoner dilemma that they finished. Be, yeah unwind yeah because yeah, they were talking about this ancient thing. egyptian custom where two people were put in separate rooms and they would be told if you both accuse each other you get a minor punishment if you both abstain you get set off like you get set free but if one accuses the other and the other doesn't then no one no, no, person no, no that's be- not no, is that no, not the prisoners no the prisoners dilemma is two people in separate rooms if you both accuse each other then um you both get um, bad sentences. Yeah. If you, if um, neither of you accuse each other, then uh, you both go free. Yeah. But if one of you accuses the other, then you get the worst the sentence. Yeah. So yeah. So it's either bad free. sentence, no sentence, or one per one person gets scot free and one person gets tortured to death. Yeah. And, and so what are your options there? You go well. Yeah. I'm going to accuse because if I don't accuse, I'm going to get even worse. Exactly. You so you, if you accuse, your two options are bad or great. Whereas if you don't yeah. accuse, your options are amazing or terrible. So playing the numbers game, you should always accuse. Whereas spiders don't. Th- and so they, that's what the humans decide to do. It's why they choose to attack the planet 
or you mm-hmm. know try to. Uh, and whereas the spires never think that way because they've never understood the concept of not being in a different room because they have better communication oh. skills. Philosophically, that's really interesting. Have you read um, Have you read the Three Body Problem in the Dark Forest? No. Okay, it's a very very famous sci-fi book. Um, it's come out in the last kind of fifteen years. It won um, every award it possibly could. It, uh, it I think it won the the the, the Nebula, the Hugo stuff like that okay. but it's by a chinese author um and the reason i bring this up is that a huge part of his story is that the universe he, he paints the universe as a very dark prisoner's dilemma place where p- p- civilizations are wiping each other out left right and center because of the yeah. prisoners down and i'm just thinking that this is kind of like the anti dark forest theory kind of book yeah. in a way one of the things that that really stood out to me is when you're thinking about like part of the part of the reason that there is like prejudice towards um, spiders uh, is that it's kind of this ew factor, this like ugh factor. Yeah, they, like, it's just I, a I think, visual think, thing. They look terrifying. I think a lot of it. I think a lot of it just comes down to this kind of like shudder thing, right? Well, it's a, it's an it's a phobia. So phobias, by their very nature, are not necessarily logical. Mm. Uh, hang on, I gotta but, do some um, ASMR tea pouring real quick. Oh yeah, you, you guys go. like that? Mm. That's the good shit. Now I just have to drink this like really wetly and make smack my lips a lot, and then we'll get a, twi- a trillion listens. <laughs> God, sorry, you were saying before I made it nasty again. Uh, the empathy virus is fundamentally gets rid of kind of that ew factor as well, and on a on a on a, kind of a reader experiential level, one of the things that Tchaikovsky does really incredibly is that he paints things that we have typically viewed as creepy and uh like how a spider moves you yeah. know and you come to see them as kind of beautiful as kind of normal mm. uh how a spider might stand or stare or you know do things or how it's dropping and like it gives you a different experience of those movements and actions that conventionally we just kind of go uh you yeah. know to which i i think is just a really interesting reader experience because it's also the experience yeah. no, that the characters it go just on. takes it takes a unique skill, I think, a unique talent to be able to write outside of your own experience to the point where you're literally writing as another species. It's why so many science fiction books, humans are just mm. humans with extra, extra bits stuck on, because a lot of people don't have the writing chops to really think about how that would, that you'd look, feel, and everything, and like how you'd fundamentally think differently. Because you know, it's like just humans thinking in base 10 in mathematics, because we have 10 fingers. Spiders presumably were thinking. I don't, I don't think that this came up, but I'm assuming they worked in base eight. But like their programming, the way they send signals and the way the signal is interpreted by their computers works in a spiral because of their webs. That was why they, Kern had so much trouble understanding her programming because she was thinking in binary, whereas they were thinking in this web version of programming. So I was just like, fuck, that's clever. Yeah. That's, it's very clever. And I, I, there's this beautiful part where she's like trying to decipher and they're like, why are they not understanding this? I don't understand. Like, yeah. they're clearly intelligent, but like not intelligent and, in and the again, way I, that I love that the spiders are on their own side saying, why is God being such a dumbass? She's not getting this simple shit that we're trying to explain yeah. to her. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Spiders are, uh, I mean, they're yeah. fantastic as characters. Like, they're just, they're yeah. just so, so they, yeah. incredibly smart and cool. And you I, love Yeah, no, it is great. I, I do, like, 
they, he's very good at writing tension, this guy, because like, well, the first time the ants rose up and becoming this plague that was taking over the world bit by bit, and the spiders were making last stands. They were, doing, they were really having like Helm's Deep Carl things where they're trying to keep the ants. And there's this one, you know, the one scientist I think was uh, Bianca at the time was like figuring out this thing where they could actually use their own hormone sprayers. Hey, Wispy. To. Um, to you know, change you know, enslave the ants, but it's like a touch and go thing, and it's like you do feel this intense, intense sense of dread and fear because like people's homes yeah. are disappearing, these ants are just trying to live their lives. No, sorry, these spiders are just trying to live their lives and shit. So yeah, he, it's not, and it's not so much that like you're related. It's not because you're scared for the character because he's proven like these characters are replaceable. Literally, you're getting a different Porsche each time. So it's not so much mm. that you're scared for the characters. You're so scared for the species. You're scared for what will be lost. And all that all that they've done, and like all the potential yeah. they have. Yeah, no, definitely. You you come to care about the arc of the civilization itself. Like, there's this the horrible part of 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 kind of the human side of the story. It's not necessarily like, oh, look at these horrible things happening to the characters. Like, nothing really happens to Holston. I mean, like, he gets kidnapped not, he more gets, than Princess Peach, but he doesn't really get beaten like, up for it or anything. Yeah. <laughs> No, he yeah, like he sort of just Whichever, gets yeah. kidnapped and then says something. Whichever and then goes side, back to I guess that you know, but Ty, 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 I keep saying his name. Sorry, Tarkovsky. I'm gonna call. I don't usually like going on a first name Tarkovsky. basis for people it's I haven't like met. I'm gonna call like him the, Adrian. I I think it, it's it's pronounced like the composer. Right? You say that like I know composers, dude. Come on, I'm a, I'm a basic bitch. Uh, like, uh, Tarkovsky. Tarkovsky. The um. He did um. I thought that was Bach. Oh, I thought no, I thought Beethoven did. Dun, 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 dun. That's Beethoven's fifth, isn't it? No, because it's in V and that's the. Doesn't matter. We're on this is not the podcast for this. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I, but I, you see how I, I I'm such a white male on the internet that I can go from saying I don't know anything about classical music to trying to correct you on who did what song. Yeah, it's incredible. <laughs> uh, but um, no, like I mean, you kind of like it, it's kind of this horrible feeling that you watch of like. Why humanity is in this increasingly cramped, horrible position more so. Yeah, oh, sorry, it's, I was going to say, um, yeah, um, Holston was just kidnapped by whichever side the author wanted to tell a story about at the time. So he was grabbed back yes. and forth by the different factions a lot. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. Uh, one of the interesting things that he does about this in this um, book, though, is that uh, because uh, fundamentally so much of the story is about redefining what it means to be a person... And it's about redefining, like, uh, that spiders are people and valuable. And then, of course, within the spiders, it's that the males are valuable and people. And then we have um, so many characters in this book. We've got Guyan and Ivrana Kern and even Holston, who have things done to them that change what we often fundamentally think of as, as human. You know, Ivrana yes. gets split into a thousand pieces. Guyan uploads to a to a computer, or, you know. the, the, yep. the And then um, Holston, he goes through cryo so much that he doesn't really know who he is at the end of it, you know? Yeah, and, like, he's, and but he's also, yeah, he's got the unique perspective of seeing a human, he's watched not in real time, but he's watched in like a clip show version of humanity's last bastion of civilization crumbling into into factions and tribalism, you know? Yeah. So that changes uh, you, like he's just like, like that. Like I said, I, I really related to that scene where he's running semi, he's running in a like basically a, a smock with his butt hanging out through the corridors of the ship just saying, welcome we all just get along, you know? Yeah. And that's like, yeah, <laughs> I, I think that's what, does, if you were would... a child of history and you're witnessing history as it happens, that would probably be your reaction. Yes. Yeah, yeah. And and uh, there's this 
there's this distinct sense that he's almost outside of humanity by that point, by the end mm. of the story. But, like, I, I love that the story deconstructs what it means to be a person on a fundamental sense, because it's kind of, like, on a fundamental level, because it's, it's really forcing the characters and the reader to ask, like, what does it mean to recognize not just the humanity, but the, the sapience and sentience in another being? Yeah. Yeah, I, I find that a very interesting question. I mean, humanity has enough trouble kind of recognizing the value and sapience of our own people, yeah. let alone the validity of the natural world, you know? That's yeah. Oh, okay, I'm going to admit something now I probably shouldn't admit on a podcast, but, like, I don't know. I, I was so caught up in the way this, these spies were thinking, I also just got... I got a little bit sort of like, oh, yeah. When she said, like, well, a couple of males died, that didn't matter. I just kind of accepted that. I was like, yeah, she's right. There's just a bunch of males. And then it was, like, only later I was like, oh, shit. I just got caught up in, like, devaluing sapient life just because it was so integral to the the POV character I was relating to. And I was like, wow, so easily do I, like, fall into other people's way of thinking to the point of, like, de- dehumanizing so, someone. So what I'm hearing is that you hate men. And yeah, that, no, that's one hundred percent what I'm saying here. I'm just saying we we deserve to be eaten by our lovers. <laughs> dip by snoo snoo, dip <laughs> by snoo snoo, dip dip. Yeah, you know. Because I mean, you you introduce that concept to anyone, it's like you're going to be you know buggered to death. Well, sorry, that's the wrong word actually. Because like, not the worst way to go. You're going to be sexed to death. Like you would have the future armor reaction. You're going, yeah, oh. Yeah. Anyone? Sorry, anyone who's listening to this on a podcast, I'm I'm just smiling and horrified intermittently. I just realised we're not. In I mean, as, I, hey, as long as you leave behind your cum baggy, you know. Oh God, no! Oh no! I've been hoist. I I just cringe when you said that. I was because I wasn't ready for it. So I've been. I got a little taste of my own medicine there, and it was salty. Yeah, uh, yeah. That's what it's like. That's what it's that's like. What, that's what it's like when you're not yeah. expecting the spider cum bag, and someone throws it at you out of nowhere. Oh. I'd be like, thank you for the information, Daddy. Oh, my, my descendants will be so knowledgeable. Uh. Uh, yeah, I, I, we'll see if Sophia leaves that in when she edits this. <laughs> she may be oh, like, no, goodness. Don, you don't get to talk about comebaggies for half an hour. You should read the sequel, though. Okay, um, yeah, I'm not, I'm, I'm, I probably will, but like I said, my, I, I, take my, I talk to my father a lot about books because he reads a lot of these science fiction ones. He didn't like it. Yeah. He said it wasn't as good. Uh, it, I mean, it's not as good, I I would say. He says, like, basically, it's the same thing, but squids now. So. E, uh, e, um, it, mm, uh, it's, I mean, it I'm not really offended if you disagree with my dad. He's been wrong before. <laughs> it, it, it is a, it is, I mean, it's the same, it's the same pattern of, of your getting the parallel story of a human civilization and then there's a rise of a squid civilization. Yeah. So does this, um, this take place... This is actually a sequel. It's not like a prequel slash same time. It's, a, it's about... The, it's about. Okay, so it takes place far in the future. Oh, okay. And, um, and humanity and spiders have become a unified civilization. Which happened... Yeah, that was, that's the last... The epilogue is basically spiders and humans have integrated so well, they're now... They've got, like, a signal from another planet. And they're like, fuck yeah, let's go build a spaceship and go see what they want. And their combined spider technology and human technology is, like, fucking sick. Like yeah. it's better. It's better than the old empire human stuff that they used to be so simpy for. And they basically go and find this other world, which they were trying to study, and so on. Uh, that had squids, and then oh, and, and so then it's about so, that so story. these aren't the 
because they keep mentioning like crustaceans and stuff have evolved because there there are other sapient creatures on Kern's world. I assumed that the squid the squids were just going to be a species within the sea on Kern's world. No, it's, so it's a actually... different planet. It's oh, a different planet. okay. I it's a different planet where where uh, humanity was before, and then mm. something happened there, and it sort of okay. explores that story. And then he's got a third book, Children of Memory, coming out now. Okay. Uh, look, hey, I don't typically read uh, sequels very often. I don't typically read lots of the same series just because my job requires me to read a bunch of variety. Uh, same as you, actually, uh, I'd imagine. Yeah, I mean, I if I like a long series of books, I, t- I actually do tend to binge them. If Right. It does depend, though, because I have the thing where I'm, I'm, since, like, the beginning of the pandemic, I've basically, if it's not for work, I'm mostly seeking out, like, comfort books, so I've reread a lot of series I've already read, and, like, even if books are good, if they give me a lot of, a strong emotional reaction, I tend to get exhausted afterwards, so I, that's why I haven't been reading a lot of, if it's a really good emotional book, I probably won't read the sequel, simply because it's too much effort to feel things right now. <laughs> no, that's, that, that's fair. Uh, look. If you loved the book, you might love the sequel, but okay. there are lots of books to read. You read what you want, man. Yeah. So, I mean, I would recommend this book to people who, if you like hard science fiction, or if you just like the idea of trying to see, like, a different perspective on the universe itself, yeah. species, like, the idea of what it is, to, a deconstruction of what it is to be human, to be sapient, to, you know, what makes you a person. So, yeah, there's all sorts of, like, quickly before we end the main podcast, like, do you want to mention, because you did an interview, uh, we won't, don't have to go into too many details, but you, you were lucky enough to actually talk to oh. the author. Uh, yeah, I did a 45-minute uh, interview with him talking about Children of Time and his other books. Um, uh, that'll be over on my second channel called To the Future, mm. but you will be able to see snippets of that in a video essay that I put out on the Hello Future Me channel um, within the coming weeks, uh, which is going to be about the difficulty of talking to aliens. And I just want to mention one curious thing about that is that you've mentioned repeatedly about how um, humans... Uh, spiders don't have the ability to hear yeah and um that has a really interesting role to play in this story because the spiders end up capturing one human and Mm. one of the most harrowing scenes is when like he's like pleading for help he like is terrified it's it's a she yeah she and uh uh it's like trying to get help and like trying to communicate and spiders just like just no idea what yeah, it's like she keeps yeah because they they do like hit, the concept of hearing is in like sound wave through the airs they can't do because they do feel vibrations but it's through physical touch because they spend yes. their entire lives they're never really on a solid surface they're always on a web or a branch or something something that c- conducts vibrations much better so they they send vibrations there so that's their sound so it's like visual yeah. pheromones and vibrations uh, yeah, so it, that that did actually that was quite harrowing because that was a character that you'd actually gotten to know, and you, you like she's the only one who gets left behind on the world after they have their mini civil war and the Gilgamesh and they leave. She's the only one who stays yeah. behind, and then you hear about it from this detached like historian who's saying, "Oh yes, we kept a giant in a cage for like I don't know twenty years or something before she died," and like she <sighs> like towards the end she could eventually do like basic please give me water things by impersonating palps but most of the time that's right she just Which danced around which is a horrifying around. thought a I know and this is this is thought. a young woman this was like this poor like like a young woman who was like quite nice she was like part of the rebels who didn't want to be left behind on the moon and you just think my god like she lived out the rest of her life in a pit surrounded by spiders yep who didn't yeah, understand I mean, her it's, it, it's it's a horrifying existence uh and 
yeah, I mean, if you if you think about it as the story is is a lot of the time a struggle to communicate between two between two very very different species, it's it, it gives you some really interesting food for thought. Yeah. To think about Fortunately, I mean, they get over that fairly quickly in the climax because the spies just like fuck it, empathy injections for all of you. Yeah, empathy empathy uh, virus. Let's go. Yeah. So. Yeah, I so like I said, I I think I would recommend the book if you're into hard sci-fi. If not, you might find it a bit a bit you know uh, much to get through. I, not 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 in a patronizing way, just in like there may not be enough concepts in it to really grasp you because it's not very character driven. It's not always very plot driven. It's all like ideas driven. Yes. So yeah, it's up to you guys. You want to try it? So yeah. So Tim, thank you so much for joining me for for this uh, podcast. Thank you for filling in for Reginald. Uh, it's okay. Reginald was uh, never turning up anyway. Uh, he told me personally that um, he actually wanted me to take over permanently, and I am taking oh. over this podcast from now on. Well, that uh, was quick. I thought I'd make it longer before this was usurped, but... Uh, <laughs> oh, well. I had a good no, run. It's, uh, it's, 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 it's been fantastic. I love this book. I'm so glad I got you to read it. Um, he yeah, is a fantastic it. author. Everything I've read of his has been has been phenomenal, and um, I, I just love the story and concepts and everything about this. Yeah, that's really good. I, I will definitely enjoy to talk about. Yeah, I will overcome my fear of feelings and read the rest of his work. I'm certain of it. But yeah, so thanks for listening, everyone. If you would like to see a, the version of this or future podcasts with visuals, you can see our beautiful faces. Uh, there will be a Patreon exclusive, on, you know, on my Patreon page. And yes, I will put links to all of Tim's channels and everything are in the show notes once I figure out how show notes work. And yeah, and <laughs> see you guys next time.